But where sin increased, grace overflowed much more. Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Welcome to Canaanbound Podcast, a podcast designed to offer the Christian rest during life's journey. Canaanbound Podcast features devotional segments by pastors serving in the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod and music by various Christian artists who support our teaching. Hi, my name is Philip Wells, and I will be your host for this episode. This is episode 159. We begin our time together with a devotion from 1 Peter, written by Pastor Mark Falk and read by Philip Wells. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 10 and 11, A Little While. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. A very godly widow suffered about two weeks in the hospital. I won't describe the nature of of her suffering, but it was real, and I wouldn't want it in my life. At her funeral, someone said, at least she didn't suffer long. Compared to someone who wakes to chronic pain for years, or even to someone who slogs with muddy feet through the slew of despond or depression, maybe two weeks is not very long. I can assure you that it was plenty long for this pious saint. Time is such a funny thing, in a way. Einstein explained his theory of relativity with a comparison anyone can understand. A minute sitting on a hot stove seems like an hour. An hour sitting next to a pretty girl seems like a minute. Summer vacation with the grandkids is gone way too fast. The doldrums of a northern Minnesota cold snap last way too long. Peter applies this principle as he compares the sufferings the saints must endure on their earthly pilgrimage to the eternity of unending minutes in heaven, a little while. These words are meant to comfort us. Take a deep breath. Trust in God. Turn your eyes to the God whose son suffered an eternity of pain and a few hours on the cross. Your God loves you. He has paid for your sin with his own blood. He is preparing a place for you in heaven. Focus on these things, and the very real pains of the Christian life will go by more quickly. We used to tell our children in their gullible youth that if they took a nap, we would take the shortcut to Grandma and Grandpa's house. Setting aside whether that was a lie or not, their contented car naps shortened the trip considerably when compared to watching trees and hills and towns go by. The trip did turn out to be a little while. Our trip through this life has many hills and valleys. The good times seem to pass very quickly. We can live in our memories, especially at the best days, seem long past. But often, that just makes us yearn more for places and people and times that are beyond recovery. Or we can believe God. As painful as the persecution and confiscation of property and slander and imprisonment and even death was for the first readers of this letter, All this was just a little while compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. Romans 8 verses 18. Your struggle is your struggle. My pains are my pains. I doubt that I would trade with you, not when I really see the nature of what God gives to you. We ought to never minimize the real pains of a fellow Christian, even if they seem light or short to us. They are real, and they really hurt. But this truth is for all the saints. 
whose trust is in the doing and the dying and the rising of the Christ. Compared to an eternity of bliss beyond description, this present suffering is always just a little while. Next up, we have a song by Koine. This is from their Turnkey music album, I Am Trusting You, Lord Jesus. Koine's Turnkey albums are designed to be a complete worship service from start to finish. You can purchase Turnkey 1 and 2 from koinemusic.com. As we come before our holy and almighty God, we can clearly see that we have fallen short of his expectation and demand for perfection. We have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. To whom do we turn? I am trusting you, Lord Jesus, trusting only you. Trusting you for full salvation, free and true. You are right to put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He alone has lived a perfect life, never once sinning against the will of God the Father. We bring our sins to him and leave them at the foot of his cross.
trusting in Christ's free and full forgiveness and his promise that we are at peace with our holy God, let us praise the Lord. Next, we have a devotion by Pastor Nathan Nass based off of his blog, Upside Down Savior. This one's called God Isn't Worried. Hi, it's Pastor Nathan Nass. God isn't worried. Does that sound like a strange thing to say? It's true. God isn't worried. Sometimes we talk about our world spinning out of control as if maybe God doesn't know what's going on. As if maybe everything is getting out of hand. As if maybe if God were really paying attention, he'd be afraid of how things are going to turn out. As if maybe God needs to be worried. It's nothing new to have the world rage against God. Here's how Psalm 2 puts it 3,000 years ago. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. Psalm 2, verses 1 to 3. It sounds bad, doesn't it? It sounds a little like our world today. Everybody is plotting against God. Maybe God needs to be worried. But God isn't worried. Of course he isn't. In fact, do you know how he responds? Here's how Psalm 2 continues. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. Psalm 2, verses 4 to 6. God worried? No way. Man plans? God laughs. Even all the nations of the earth conspiring against him don't scare God one bit. He's in perfect control. God isn't worried. So you don't need to be either. God the Father has placed his hand-picked king as the king of the world. And he's a king with a capital K. Can you guess who that king is? It's, it's Jesus. The same Savior who died for you and rose for you now rules the world for you. Sure, there is sin and evil all around us. Sure, so many people rise up against God. But God isn't worried. Man plans, God laughs. So can you. Next up, we have a devotion by Pastor Tim Hartwig and published through Peace Devotions. Peace Devotions are video devotions produced by the Evangelical Lutheran Synod. It was so embarrassing. I was standing there in the checkout line, swiped my card, declined. Swiped again, declined. I couldn't believe it. I knew that there was plenty of credit on that card, but swipe, swipe, swipe declined. I didn't know what was going on. It was so embarrassing. Can I use another card? Have you ever had that same experience? Maybe your fear was justified. You knew your card was near the limit. Sometimes I've wondered how great our credit limit is with God. Just think, there have been billions of people throughout time coming to God for credit, for forgiveness, swiping their spiritual card time and time again. Are you ever worried that God's going to say to you, declined? That sin's just too great. You've just messed up too badly this time, declined. No more forgiveness for you. What great words of comfort God has for us in Romans chapter 5. It says, But where sin increased, grace overflowed much more. 
where sin increased, grace overflowed much more. No matter how great your sins are, God's grace is greater still. Jesus has offered a payment greater than your sins. And so God can and will always forgive you. You never have to worry that God is going to run out of grace. Where your sins increased, God's grace increased all the more. Jesus is a greater Savior than you are a sinner. So keep coming to Him. Keep begging for His forgiveness and keep hearing His words of yes. I forgive you in Jesus. Amen. We end our time together with a devotion from Luke Italiano. This is part of the To Tell the Story series, and you can find more from Luke Italiano at breadforbeggars.com. On one side of the valley, an army prepares itself for battle. Men don clanging armor. They heft swords and spears and shields. They prepare to fight and to die to protect their nation. On the other side of the valley, the invaders stood their ground, ready to attack, to claim what they thought should be theirs. And in between stood the giant, nine feet tall. His armor weighed 125 pounds. The tip of his spear was 15 pounds, and he shouts his challenge. Face me. If I win, my army will take over. If you win, we'll all surrender. One on one, me, Goliath, against your champion. Send him out. And Israel's army shook in fear. It would take a great man to face this giant. The next day, Goliath shouted his challenge again. The wind whipped in the faces of the Israelites as they took their stand. But none was great enough to face Goliath. The next day, Goliath roared. And on until the end of that week and the second week and the third week. For forty days, Goliath roared his challenge, and for forty days no one was great enough to challenge him. No one was great enough to defend Israel's army. David rode into camp. He was bringing a care package from home for three of his big brothers, and as he entered the camp, he heard Goliath's challenge. Well, who's going to fight him? But no one would. So David said, I'll do it. The report was brought to the king. King Saul, a man known for his strength and his height, wasn't great enough to face Goliath. And here was this kid, a shepherd, whose dad addressed him as the little one. Saul's willing to listen to the kid's reasoning, though. And David says to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. 
When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Did you catch that? David didn't tell Saul, I killed a bear and a lion. I can handle this guy. Nope. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. David doesn't claim to be great enough to take down Goliath. He claims that God is great enough. Saul permits David to fight the giant. David goes, armed only with his shepherd's sling and five smooth stones. He's not great enough to face down this giant. No way! When Goliath sees him, he laughs. What is this? A dog? Go home, boy. I'm going to kill you. And David answers. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. God will hand you over to me. David didn't trust in himself. It wasn't about what he could do. He wasn't great enough to face down this giant. But his God was. The giant roars. He charges. David can't face that. The ground trembles under the giant's feet. David slips a stone into a sling. He swings it around. He releases the stone. It strikes Goliath between the eyes. The giant falls. He has met one greater than himself. And it wasn't David. It was God. Brothers and sisters, when you hear the story of David and Goliath, I'm betting there's usually some moral about not underestimating the underdog or how you can defeat your biggest giants by standing your ground. That misses the point. David understood. The battle belongs to the Lord. Not the battle belongs to me because I'm strong enough or the battle belongs to me because my cause is righteous. Nope. The battle belongs to God. God defended David and he knew it. 
And this god has defeated your greatest giants. Your shame and your guilt. In this story, you're not David. We're the Israelite army that God defends. And he has defended you. And this story is true. You have been listening to episode 159 of the Canaanbound podcast. This podcast was first shared in February of 2021. We would like to thank Koine for allowing us to share their music with you this week. You can find all of Koine's music at koinemusic.com. We would like to thank Pastor Nate the Nass, Pastor Tim Hartwig, and Pastor Luca Italiano for sharing their messages with us this week. You can find links to all of their blogs and podcasts at canaanboundpodcast.com. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thank you for listening.